You know, Christmas was just uh, two weeks ago today, and several of us were gathered at uh, Alden Care Center. And a highlight for me that morning was distributing gifts. Um, Several of you donated gifts. It was wonderful. And then between Pastor Diana and Jessica, who's the activities director there, they had matched up names with gifts. It was, it was wonderful to distribute these. I remember walking down this long hall, and there's a woman sitting all by herself in a wheelchair, all by herself, uh, alone, and uh, did not look too thrilled with things that day, looked very alone. And so I checked the gift list for uh, the room number. I checked her name, found out her name was Frances, and I went back and saw that Frances wanted a calendar. And I took Frances a calendar, and she just brightened up that she had a brand new 2017 calendar. And then some others gathered around Frances and we cheered with her a little bit and we sang some Christmas carol to her and uh, it brightened her day. She wanted a calendar and she got a calendar. Calendars, calendars, whether they're paper or digital, are are needed by us uh, on a daily basis often. Uh, They're important, but they're especially important for us for marking uh, marking time. Calendars are especially important this time of year where we're just eight years into the new year. 2017. Calendars mark time and mark events. Anybody remember three years ago today? The low was minus six, but was that was actually nine degrees warmer than the low on January 6th, which was uh, minus 17. So here we have a picture of the polar vortex. So it may be cold today, but it's not that bad, right? But today we're remembering another important date, 40 years ago tomorrow, January 9th, 1979. You know, 77. You know what happened on January 9th, 1977? Super Bowl XI, the Oakland Raiders beat the Minnesota Vikings in, in the Rose Bowl. It, it, they played in the Rose Bowl. They didn't play the Rose Bowl, but it was a Super Bowl. Seriously, that did happen, but a more important event is what we remember today. Neighborville Covenant's first service of worship. A big day of beginnings, a day filled with hope, and an important day on the calendar that we mark today. But today we also remember that we're following a different calendar as we head into this year. We're following what we call the liturgical calendar or the the church year. And we are following it this year and we're calling this a year for hope. And the liturgical year does not start with January 1. It starts with Advent. It starts with Advent and then follows with Epiphany. Advent this year started on November 27th. It ran for four Sundays. Then we had two Sundays of Christmas that happened to be Christmas and New Year's Day this year. All of those anticipating and then celebrating the birth of Jesus. And now we're in the season of Epiphany. Now the calendar gives us two names for today. Uh, One of the names is um, the first Sunday after Epiphany. (laughs) The other one is the baptism of the Lord. Now both of those sound kind of religious, don't they? The first Sunday after Epiphany, the baptism of our Lord. It just sounds sort of churchy. But let's figure this out and see how it might even apply to this day when we celebrate beginnings. First of all, let's get a definition of Epiphany. An Epiphany is a manifestation of a divine or supernatural being. It's Greek for, actually comes from the Greek word for manifestation. God making himself known. It's also the manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles, and it's represented uh, by the story of the, of the Magi coming to visit the baby Jesus. And so you might notice that this morning that we've removed the Christmas decorations, the tree and the greens are gone, but we've left some of the lights, we've left the words hope, we've left the stars to remind us of the star of Bethlehem, and we took the nativity scene out, but the three wise men are still on the organ to remind us that we are in the season of epiphany, when Jesus was made known and these wise men from the east came to find out who was born king of the Jews. And so Epiphany then is the festival commemorating that on actually on January 6th. And so this is why this, this is the first Sunday after. So the season of Epiphany runs from now all the way through Lent. And each Sunday we will look at scriptures and events then that focus on Jesus' sort of declaration that he is the Son of God or his manifestation as God. 
The Bible and the lectionary readings during this time of year deal with Jesus' identity as God. And so today that brings us to the beginning of his ministry, his baptism. Jesus' baptism was his first public appearance. It was a day of beginnings. Hmm, a day of hope-filled beginnings. may actually connect with this anniversary celebration. Bear with me. We'll see if it works, okay? <laughs> hope-filled beginnings. Jesus moves forward from that day with great hope, proclaiming great hope. And 40 years ago, this little congregation began centered in Jesus and his calling and has moved forward in hope. So that's how we hope these two will connect. Let's look at Jesus' baptism. Wendell just read it from Matthew's account. And the first thing to note is that he is baptized by John the Baptist. And um, uh, it's the only time that Scripture records, actually, that these two actually met. I mean, they may have met other times, but it's the only time in Scripture when the two of them are in the same place. They know about each other. Their mothers were cousins. They were related. They probably did hang out together at family reunions. We don't know. But this is the only time in the official capacity of ministry where they are actually together. John the Baptist is the one who has been baptizing tons of people. It's interesting, though, that John's baptism is one of repentance. Jesus' baptism is where people come to be baptized to say, I confess my sins and to be prepared for the coming Messiah. Repentance from sin. And yet we know of Jesus that he is without sin. He had not sinned and he would never sin. So why was Jesus being baptized? I might add at this point that the outline in your bulletin may have a little bit of a, a children's feel to it, but this is for everybody to guide us through there. As I say, uh, the bulletin may be child-friendly, but not childish. And we ask the question there, why was Jesus being baptized? In fact, John, as you heard in the reading, John kind of freaks out a little bit. He says, why should I baptize you? You don't need this. I should be baptized by you. But Jesus says, no, it's to fulfill all righteousness. This is just the right thing to do. Was Jesus just setting a good example, saying, I did it, you did it, do it? Well, that's part of it. But there's three things I want to point out about Jesus' baptism that I think are helpful to point out here. Jesus' baptism, first of all, is it's an identification with our sinfulness, an identification with us. Though Jesus remained sinless, he identifies with all of us. In fact, in Scripture, it says, particularly in Hebrews, that he was made like us in all ways, yet without sin. Jesus was made like us and always experiencing everything we experience, even the temptations we experience, and yet without sin. And so here Jesus in his baptism is drawing near to those he came to save. It's kind of like Jesus is saying, I identify with you. I'm on your side. I'm on your side. I have come to reveal God to you. I've come to save you. Jesus' baptism is an identification with our sinfulness. Secondly, Jesus' baptism is a confirmation from God. A confirmation of his deity, that he is truly God. Matthew says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And the voice came from heaven, saying, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. It's kind of like the official recommendation from God. It's sort of like the stamp of approval from God. It's an endorsement from God the Father. And it became audible. You could hear the voice, and it was visible. It was something like a dove descending. Jesus was human and fully God. He was sinless up to now, but now he is filled and empowered by the Spirit of God. He is ready to go. He is ready to minister and to fulfill all of the purposes for which he was sent. I have come to fulfill all righteousness, and it starts with my baptism, and it starts with this confirmation from God and this empowerment from the Spirit. And so this baptism really finally then is thirdly a beginning filled with hope. 
Jesus' baptism was a beginning filled with hope. This was his first public appearance as the Messiah. And now all the prophecies of who he would be and what he would do begin. The baptism of Jesus is the beginning filled with hope for the world. A beginning filled with hope. A beginning filled with hope. That worship service in the library at Lincoln Junior High on January 9, 1977 was a beginning filled with hope. This small group of believers who were confident that God was leading them to start this church. It was a faithful and experienced pastor who could have retired. He was 70 years old when he started as a developer pastor but felt strongly God's call on his life. And he saw great hope for this little band of believers. And a denominational family that was not a top-down telling them what to do, but from behind and underneath, supporting, encouraging, supporting, bringing resources, trusting God's plans for this new church, and filled with hope for this growing suburb out there, way, way out there in Naperville, that God would work through that church. It was a beginning filled with hope. 28 people gathered that day, and here their names are handwritten in a scrapbook. We've got it out in the narthex. There you can see Larry and Diane Anderson and little Eric. And there's Bob and Charlene Diller with little Douglas. And I think um, Dave was sort of there too, wasn't he, Char? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They didn't count him, but he was there. A week later, on January 16th, Pastor Fretheim was installed as Naperville Covenant's first pastor. There's Pastor Fretheim there, beginning filled with hope. Here, here's a photo from that first year. I love this photo, by the way. And you can look at it closer out there, but uh, if you look real clearly, you can see way up in that corner, there's Larry and Diane. Look, there they are. <laughs> and then a little bit over towards the top, look, there's Bob and Char. Woo, there they are. And then way over there in the corner, you know who that is? Jim and Jean Elwine. Give me on. <laughs> Later the next year, in October of 78, this site had been identified as Larry shared and was purchased. And on October 15th, 1978, this piece of property was dedicated. And there's the site dedication. That's Larry way over there uh, to the right. The building was built. And on Sunday, December 20th, 1981, uh, the congregation worshipped for the first time in this space right here. It was another beginning filled with hope. Another beginning filled with hope. Baptism is a beginning filled with hope. How many, how many of you in this room were baptized in this room? How many of you who are here were baptized in this room? Okay, great. That font right there, usually we have it over here. Good. In my seven years here, I have baptized at least, these are names I pulled from my, my, my um, records, Toby, Ian, and Maggie Silder, Nayeli and Sebastian Bolaños, Linnea Anderson, Diane Baltscheidt, Emma Brady, Hadley and Beckett Scott, Katie Jackson, Keith Drucker, Max Sam Johnson, Christian Johnson, Audrey Fay, Avery Ewers, and a few others along the way. Each of those a beginning filled with hope. You'll notice some of those were infants, some of those were adults. But baptism, whether it happens as an infant or an adult, is a, is a time of beginning and looking forward to serving Christ. Baptism is a beginning filled with hope. And now we begin year 41 as a year for hope as well. As we look ahead as a church, as Diane shares some of her thoughts about her hopes for the future, too, it's a, we're filled with lots of hope. We've seen a, a wonderful increase in the number of, of families with children. You just saw some of them that were up here. Those aren't even, all, aren't even all the kids. We're encouraged by that, but we're concerned also we've had some other demographic shifts where others have left the church. 
Some of this is left to us in, in some readjusting things financially as a church, presenting some, some challenges, and yet challenges that we're meeting prayerfully and with discernment. We're also finding that we enter into year 41 with, with more opportunities in this community, the community that we had a vision for 40 years ago. There's some new, new eyes on this community, new eyes on, on, on who is here and the doors that are opening up. I really sense that there's a new heart for our members that's beginning to grow. It may not be door hangers and hoping they're not home anymore, but it might be in conversations we have in the neighborhood or at a coffee shop or whatever. We have great hope for the year. So finally, how shall we then move forward in hope? Well, first of all, we've encouraged you to find your own word for the year. Uh, But we're also declaring today that we have a church word for the year, hope. And um, I think, do we have it there? That's what the word for the year thing looks like. On the other side of it, I don't have it here, that had a little bit of a description if word for the year is something that's new for you. It describes kind of how you might go about choosing a word for the year. Half of it, you, uh, you keep the half, this side, my word for the year, and the other half you give to me or Pastor Diana, if you want to. It's optional. Everything's optional. Uh, that just lets us know that you've chosen a word and enables us to pray for you as well. So one way of moving forward in hope is your own word for the year, how you might grow, what God might teach you in this year ahead. Secondly is also we want to move into this year prayerfully uh, by having a prayer room. And as Diana shared at the beginning of the service, we have a prayer room set up in the library. Our theme is Bearing Fruit in Prayer. And you'll find out when you visit the prayer room that the different stations have to do with the different fruits of the Spirit. And at each place, there's a spiritual practice that you can engage in as you pray during your hour there. Or you can just sit in a chair and pray however you want. But these are some guides that might lead you into Scripture, lead you into listening for God, and lead you into ways that you can pray specifically for the church. I encourage you to take the opportunity. There's sign-up sheets, like I said. There's written ones, or you can go to the website. There's daytime hours. There's evening hours when we're here, somebody's around. You'll notice a few of them are if you have a key. None of us are here, but if you have a key, you might want to sign up for those. Um, so take a look at that. We have two weeks that we're doing this. This week, we encourage especially prayer for the church. Next Sunday is uh, MLK Sunday, and it's been our, uh, our custom the last few years to invite a guest speaker to kind of open up our hearts and minds to some areas of racial righteousness. Adam Gustine will be our guest speaker. I'll be here, but Adam is going to preach. Adam is on the staff of Love, Mercy, Do Justice with the Evangelical Covenant Church. Adam has been a pastor for years and worked in community development, and he has some wonderful thoughts from Scripture that he'll be sharing. It'll open up our, our eyes to see racial righteousness in a, in a different kind of way, and we're encouraging you to pray about that in the week following as well. So prayer room is a second way we can move forward in hope. And thirdly, the prayer cards for the children, the pray for me, to commit praying for the children of our church. Uh, the names are on the table here of the ones that have been turned in. I've got the rest of them here. I'll spread them out as well of children that weren't able to be here this morning. But on these, again, you uh, on the top part, uh, children, fill out your own parents of little people. You can fill that out um, and then uh, put your name at the bottom. If you pick one of these that, that the child is not here, uh, if you know them, you can get in touch with them. If you don't know, we will provide contact information. It was wonderful last year to see how over the next couple of weeks people would get a card and we'd make connections and then you can find out who the child is. You're, there's nobody named Naprakov Kid, by the way. I just did that. It was better than um, John, Joe, John Doe or Doe, Doeberg or whatever. But um, anyway, so that's uh, uh, available as well. And what we'll do in just a moment, uh, I'm going to pray and close this time. And then our our closing song is uh, uh, Jesus at the Center. And during that song, any of you who want to can come up 
and take the name of a child here. If you want to wait till after the service, but during that song, prayerfully come up. You can just grab one. Um, just uh, just ask God to lead, or if you see a name that you're drawn to, or if you want to rifle through and find a particular kid that's on your heart, you can do that. If you're new to us, you don't know who anybody is, just grab one. We'll help you connect with them. Also, let me just say, uh, if that child is in the room today, uh, or in the building today, if you could find them today, that would be wonderful and make that connect. Does that make sense? I'll stay by the table if I've really confused you, okay? Diane and I will be around to help you make these connections. But uh, we look into this year 41 with great hope. Uh, encouraging you to, uh, to choose a word for the year, encouraging you to participate in the prayer room uh, at some point or other in the le- next couple weeks, encourage you to choose the name of a child, to pray for them this next year as you pray for our church, the young people in our church, and for the future of our church. It's a beginning filled with great hope, as with the baptism of Christ, a beginning filled with great hope, as was the first worship service of Naperville Covenant. And today is a beginning filled with great hope as well. Let's pray. Lord, I'm so grateful for all that are in the room today and those that would be if they could be. Lord, because in this room are those who were the pioneers from the very start, Larry and Diane, Bob and Char, Jim and Jean. In the room are some friends who have just found our church in the last month or two and are choosing to make it their home. And there's even some who are here for the first time. Some of our friends are here who haven't been able to be here for a long time and yet are back to connect with the place where faith roots have been dug down deep. We thank you for each one, Lord, and thank you that you are a God who knows each and every heart in the room. And I ask that you would speak into each heart, Lord, that we would see where the beginnings filled with hope are touching us and what you are calling us to. We give you thanks, Lord Jesus, and we pray all this in your name. Amen.